2: What up? This is Shan and this is Cozy Womb Podcast. This is Ari. Say hi. Hi. Say hi, Anya. Hi. What up? Hey, 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 hey! It's Cozy Womb Podcast. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for listening. If you're new, my name is Shan, and this is where we talk about. Uh, parenting, surviving your kids, uh, pregnancy. And if you're not a parent yet, this is good prep, okay? This is episode 53, and the question on the table is, is it better to have an inconsistent parent or just one parent? Um, Being that I'm a parent of two, I feel like I'm qualified to answer this because... Both of their fathers are different and uh, shitty in different ways. And um, one is like consistent with some things and one is just inconsistent. Uh, And I'm just going to discuss it. Alright. Okay, so is it better to have an inconsistent parent or just one parent? So, let's focus on my uh, four-year-old right now. All right. So, I have a four-year-old daughter, and her father, um, while I was pregnant, you know, I left New York. And I was like, you know what? There's no way I'm about to be in New York, you know, pregnant and trying to find, like, a job so I can, like, provide for this kid right now. Um, It doesn't make sense if I don't find a job by X, Y, and Z before I really get big then I'm dipping and I'm going to Florida where my mom lives, um and just be around her because it was my first kid I didn't know nothing about pregnancy um and at least I'll be somewhere comfortable and I can just work off my unemployment I mean not work but live off my unemployment and prepare for her off my unemployment when I was working in New York <sighs> Because Anya's dad was like young-minded, he wanted to have the whole, oh, we're having a baby, oh, you're gonna be hanging around, oh, we're gonna be going to appointments, and everything's gonna magically take care of itself. No, you're in school, you're in college. Um, I'm done with college. I've worked like sometimes three jobs at a time for the last you know, five and a half years um, to six years. I can go ahead and like chill off of that and have this kid you know if you don't find a good job to where you can't make this work and prepare for this kid then there's no reason to me being here so he was pissed that i did but i had to do it because it made more sense florida i had you know free health care you know everything and my mom was there and i was comfortable so here i am pregnant preparing for this kid buying stuff You know, for Anya, my friend, buying things. He didn't buy not one thing for our kid while I was pregnant. After I had her, um, he did not come to Florida uh, for her birth. My mom was there. My mom cut the umbilical cord. Did I send him a picture of Anya after I had her? Hell no. Because the first time you see your child is not going to be through um photos like you just like a friend like an outsider like you didn't have any parts of this kid so i was like no i'm not sending it so november december i i want to say he didn't see anya until close to christmas like he physically i I left florida and i went to atlanta i was staying with a friend so i was looking for work um my mom was there with me because she didn't want to be in florida anymore um, and she wanted to help me with my daughter, so... Hold on. <laughs> when I tell you Atlanta be lit in the morning, Atlanta be lit. Um, so, you know, she didn't want to be in Florida, so she was helping me out, um, in Atlanta. And I appreciate it. So, he came to Atlanta, um, saw her for the first time empty-handed. Like, this fool done came from Philly, mind you, to Atlanta, where his daughter was meeting her for the first time empty-handed with someone else i'm just like my g but i swallowed you know everything i wanted to you know say to him i didn't cuss him out at the time and i just let him have his moment and see her um and then like i want to say after an hour i'm just like so you came empty-handed you don't have no diapers. You don't have no food. You just really just came to look at her. Man, this happened. Um, I did have stuff for her. But, you know, when I was coming down here, I lost my luggage. So you don't have nothing right now that you can provide for your kid. Except your eyeballs. And your hands. Right now. A newborn. Nothing. Nothing. So, um, I want to say I gave him three solid months after I was born to be, like, consistent in getting diapers, consistent in getting food, consistent in, um, seeing her, and everything was inconsistent. You know what I'm not about to do? I'm not about to be my mother in that way. So, my mother had five, five of us, four of my, um, brothers and me, uh, being her only girl and the last and my, um, three older brothers, their fathers were never supportive, but they primarily grew up in Jamaica. My, um, youngest brother, he grew up here in the U.S. Um, my mom was with his father, not married, but I don't know, that just didn't work. He was a truck driver and, you know, it just didn't work. So, um... Did he, like, help her financially with him? I don't... I don't... I didn't see it being consistent growing up. Um, I know at one time when he was, like, 11 or 12 and he was getting out of hand, she did call him from Florida when we lived in Maryland, and she told his dad he needed to come get him. Um, but other than that, I didn't see that being consistent. And then she married my father, um, and then we they got a They. she left him when we were eight and sorry i'm just giving you the backtrack on why i think how i think and um when she left my mom never you know took him for child support never asked him for help until i was like i want to say 14 i said you know what you know when we left we were living in shelters there was like two months where me my youngest brother was in um, foster care because my family ain't shit and um, she got sick and she was in the hospital and nobody came to the hospital to pick us up and we were in foster care for about two months and when we got out you know she lived in a a shelter with us she got on section eight she got an apartment from that apartment um moved to Florida from Maryland and she got another apartment she worked mind you my mother takes about 13 pills a day every day since she's been nine um and she's always been sickly but she worked for us and you know eventually she got a house in Florida and that's where we lived where I lived until I was you know 15 or so or 16 and I was like I had enough I I don't want to be here Um, But I had to say to her, you know what? You're struggling. You need help. And my father was living in Philly. I had a relationship with my father up until 8. I went to visit him off and on between 10 and 13. And I was like, he needs to help you. But I had, as a child of hers, had to be the one to be like, yo, you need help. He needs to help you. So, I remember when I was 12, this fool took me to um, a DNA testing place behind my mom's back. Had my mouth swab, had his mouth swab to make sure I was his kid. He knew that I was his kid. He was just being a dick to a certain extent to make sure that everything was legit before he gave me any type of financial help. Because my father looked at helping me and providing for me as an obligation to him. It wasn't coming from love. It was because, oh, I'm obligated to do something. So let me make sure, you know, this shit legit. So after it came back 99.9%, like, this is yours. I am yours. I got your nasty ass, stubborn ass attitude. I'll cut throats if I need to type attitude if i need to we related um he went down to the social security office and i was getting his um part of his social security because he didn't want to be on back child support with my mom and my mom wasn't pushy about that shit which i feel like she should have been because that would have helped her and also helped myself he gave me partial Part of his um, social security until I was 18. When I was 18, that stopped. He didn't help me with nothing. He wasn't calling me like consistently. I wasn't seeing him consistently because at 15, in my mind, he already died as a parent to me because he was looking at me as like a bill and wasn't looking at me in a way of building a relationship. And I was like, like, fuck it, like, fuck you. But, in reality, my dad didn't pass away until I was 18. And I remember I was on my way to college, on my way to class, and my aunt told me, you know, in the car, because sometimes she would drop me off in the morning, she told me, she was like, oh, your your father passed away yesterday. And I felt nothing. You know what I'm saying? Instantly, I felt nothing. I said, oh. And she was like, um, the funeral is such and such, Um, Grandpa called and he asked if you were going. I said, no, I'm not going. Like, what? I'm not going. Like, for somebody who was here, had breath in their body and really didn't give a fuck about a relationship with me and looked at me as an obligation, like, I'm not going. So, I feel like Because it was possible with my mother to be that one parent, being consistent and knowing, being a child and knowing I had another parent that could have been consistent and could have provided and didn't, I feel like hurt me more than if I did not know anything about him. And now, fast forward to me having a four year old and her father being inconsistent when, um, after she was three months, I, you know, filed for child support. My mom didn't want me to do it. I'm just like, what? There's no way I'm letting a man who was cool with making a kid, um, when I told him, I said, you can be, um, involved 100% and be around, but you're not about to be, you know, one foot in, one foot out of, you know, me in this kid. I told him that when I showed him that piss stick. So you have a good amount of time to prepare, you know, for this kid. And he wasn't. And he didn't. He just felt like, oh, I was going to figure it out. Oh, I figured it out. I put him on child support and, you know, he went to the um, child support court and they asked him, do you want a paternity test? And he said, no. I know she's mine. So they was like, okay. Okay. And finally, they was like, "All right, you you need to pay two sixty 260, two sixty four every month, um, people two sixty four ain't shit when you got a newborn, but it's something. You need to pay two sixty four every month um, until she's three years old, or until your income increases and you know the mother wants to wants to take you to court for more." This man said, "Cool." Now, ask me with Anya being four years old, have I ever gotten a child support payment from Anya's father? No, never. So right now, um, Anya's father's child support is about almost $13,000. Anya's father right now is probably in Philly or Delaware sleeping Eating, shitting, um, hanging out at a bar whenever he feels like it with some friend or some relative family member that's feeling sorry for his ass for whatever reason or enabling him. And what baffles me about Anya's father is he has friends, quote unquote. Because I don't believe that you can be a great friend knowing that your friend has a child that he doesn't take care of. But <laughs> that's a whole nother topic. He has friends that sometimes he will come to Atlanta with in the past. And they have kids. And they will bring like their whole family with them when they come to Atlanta. Like They're taking care of their family and their kids. But you know you got a friend that's hella inconsistent and doesn't take care of his child. And you're cool with that. And I don't understand how... You can be a good friend being cool with having a, a, a man around not doing what he's supposed to do for his kid. So, I'm just like, dog, like, what's going on? Like, what are you missing that you need to do? Anya's father has never been around for a birthday for Anya. She'll be five in November, never been around for a birthday, has never sent a gift. Mind you, their birthdays are three days apart. <laughs> Um, Never sent a Christmas gift. Never been around for a Christmas. Uh, his side of the family has never sent anything for Anya. Don't call me. Don't ask for Anya. Don't email me. Don't hit me up. But when you go to his Facebook page, he loves to like find a way to go on my family's page or my friend's page. Or somewhere on the internet and find a picture of Anya and post it up and be like my baby girl or uh, my angel oh my Anya and when I tell you he would have 52 to 100 and something likes and comments under that shit and everybody knows that this man okay scratch that this male is no way shape or form involved in his child's life to a healthy, a healthy emotional, physical, mental value. But you over here commenting under this this beautiful, this intelligent uh, child's picture because she is beautiful, she is intelligent. But you don't as me personally, I don't know how he could look at our kid and know that he had nothing to do with how beautiful she is, how happy she is, how smart she is, Um, the fact that she has on clean clothes, the fact that, you know, I'm a male and I'm fully comfortable not knowing the health of my child. I'm fully comfortable not knowing if my child ate today. I'm fully comfortable not knowing where my child is today and who's taking care of her today. Like, he's so comfortable in his mind frame of not knowing that shit that that blows my mind. But, you know, we choose the people we choose. Um, and we have children with the people we think we know. Um. Um, And sometimes when you have kids with certain people, it it either pushes them to be better people or it pulls them back to look at it like um, a challenge and they're going to lose and they don't try. And I think when he sees Anya... uh, He looks at Anya um, as a challenge and he doesn't try at all. But when it comes close to like his birthday or when it comes close to like Thanksgiving or like summertime and he needs a new photo for Christmas, he'll like email me because I told him the only way you can talk to me is through email because talking to him is like a brick wall. And I don't have no time for petty um, text messages going back and forth. And I don't have no time for somebody calling me 13 times in a row back and forth. Where I already told you my answer for something. And you're still calling like a kid. I don't have time for that. So just email me. So right now, the fact that I've moved. He doesn't know where I live right now. The fact that I have a new number and he can only primarily email me. I'm loving it. Because... There's nothing he's changing. There's nothing that he's trying to try new this year compared to what he's done in the past years. He's falling short, he's still falling short. And I've I've told him, you know, all the things he can do to be a better father. But at the same time, I'm not a man. And at the same time, it got to a point where I was like, you know what, dude, you need a male mentor who is a great father that can tell you how you can become half of who he is. And I would even uh, take half of a good father compared to what, what he is, you know what I'm saying? A quarter of a good father compared to what he is because you don't do anything. You don't provide anything emotionally, you don't provide anything mentally for her and you don't provide anything financially or physically for her. And the worst thing about being a daughter, being a child in a society where the world really doesn't love brown kids, is having a, a parent that's able, walking, talking, eating, shitting, and, 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 and chilling in the world and not providing anything for you. And, you know, when Anya was younger, my mom, bless her heart, when I would go to work was let him come by my house and look at Anya, take pictures of Anya, and dip on Anya. You're not providing anything, you're not leaving anything for her, you're not doing anything for her. But you got a new photo to post up on uh, Facebook or Twitter with Anya to look like you're doing something for her and you're not. And I hate that shit. And I don't know how many times I would have to tell my mom till I'm blue in the face. The more you enable him to continue to do this shit, the more that he's thinking it's, okay, it's an okay thing to do. So me and my mom will get into like small arguments about how she goes about letting him do certain things to the point where I was like, yo, this is how I'm raising my kids. If you don't like it, move around. If you're cool with how I'm raising my kids and you want to go ahead and do it how I would like it to be done, stay. My mother moved around. Bless her heart. I love her, but she had to move around because that conflict of her having him pop up at my house and not do shit for my daughter and her have to question me about, you know, where is he? Um, You know, he said this. Um, Am I getting that? And I have to do it I got tired of that shit and as a good parent as a parent that's doing everything making a comfortable home making sure she's safe, she's smart everything like that and having a, a, a inconsistent parent that could just pop in when he wants to and take a picture and dip dog, hell no hell no like come on Um, So I'm just like, dog, no, that's not going to work. It doesn't work for me. So hell no. Having an inconsistent parent over having one parent. I take the one parent all day being that at a certain time in my life, I had both parents there. And having both parents around and seeing how one parent may talk to the other parent in a uh, demeaning way how one parent would you know be married and after church you know drop my mother off and go play lottery and on his way to playing lottery pick up other women's numbers while he got you know me and my brother in the back seat and not care i remember that i'd rather not be around that and i don't want my daughter daughters to be around that so let's move on to my one-year-old so um, my one year old, uh, her father I've known for 14 years. We've had an off and on relationship for the last 14 years. The two first years that we met when I was 18, um, and he was what 26 25 26 um, I felt like like it was like me on my side committed in a relationship with him for two years until I found out that this fool was still with his um, child's mother from Milwaukee Um, and she was living in Milwaukee and she eventually moved to Atlanta and just shit wasn't adding up and I busted his bubble with her on the phone. I told her one um one uh new year's i said he went out i said she called me up and i was like this is what's been happening i've been at his mom's house for weeks i've been at his cousin's house he's gone out my family knows him my nephew calls him uncle um he comes over here sometimes when i'm not at work like it was that type of shit like we and i told her this is what you do when he come home ask him all these questions and call me put the phone down so i can hear what he says she did the shit he had no idea I was on the phone this fool lied about things he didn't have to lie about um next day next day my G he called me and he was like um hey you wanna go to Little Five Points I wanna pick up some sneakers from Wish I was like um um so you just comfortable today he said yeah what's up I said oh so nobody bust your bubble last night? And so I went I went over all the lies that he was saying on the phone that I heard um, the night before. He was like, oh, so y'all t- trying to play me? So y'all play, trying to play me? No, you played yourself. Like, in my head, during those two years, some things wasn't adding up. But at the same time, because I was so comfortable and spending weeks at a time at night during the day... Sometimes when he's not there at his mom's house, sometimes, you know, you know we will be going out with his cousin and at his cousin's house. I'm just like, "Dog." Hmm, sometimes when he does say it's questionable, but I don't know. Um so he didn't care. And when I tell you after that he was like, "Oh, okay, okay. I see how y'all play me." No, you played yourself. Like I was nothing but honest to you, and I have to say For me, that was like my first heartbreak of like fully being open to somebody and just like a a smack in the face. That was like my first initial thing and it it was shitty. And that whole day after he knew that, you know, we um, both grouped up and we did what we did, he was holding on to her phone all day. He was calling me from her phone. I was like, hey. Call me again. I'm going to call back until your girlfriend gets her phone. And I'm going to tell her that you're calling me. So stop calling me. He was emailing me. um, And you know. Fast forward to now. 14 years later. You know after that. I didn't treat him like we were in a relationship. But at the same time. I personally don't believe in dealing with multiple people at the same time. So being that I haven't been in a. You know committed relationship. Uh, in the last four years whenever I did want to do anything relationship like or go out or hang out or have somebody around me or screw it was him and fast forward now he lives um, you know here in Atlanta He, his girlfriend still for the last two decades is sitting there like a stupid duck um, in his house while he's outside his house living single Um, and you know we have a one-year-old now and I love her she's she's a whole nut I love her Um, and the whole time I was pregnant his girlfriend and him were trying to convince me to have an abortion which I'm just like dog I'm not doing that like I told you from when I was 18 consistently if that ever did come up I'm not having an abortion so we have a kid Um, he's hating dealing with it Um, his ego got into the way a few months ago Um, he put his hands on me and that that was it for our any type of relationship so now I just deal with him through the courts and um, he has some charges right now that are uh, in effect and we have court dates on how we deal with Ari and he have selected dates So he, a part-time father, he doesn't pay any child support right now because the court's not forcing him to. And he's not uh, willingly helping me with Ari. So I'm doing everything myself for my one-year-old also. Um, So uh, he sees her Wednesdays at 5 till Fridays at 5. And we have to meet at a police station, um, which is what the judge says. And that's what I do. And that's, you know, that small window that he has of having any type of relationship with his daughter. Um, And I wish to God that I can somehow be a partial part-time parent and be able to take care of a one-year-old only two days out of the week. Like, that would be comfortable. But the reality is I have her every other time. I'm paying a daycare, you know, provider to keep her while I work. I have her on the weekends and um, he's not helping me with anything. And he cannot call me. He cannot come to my house. Uh, He does not have my phone number. I told him the only way he can contact me and the judge told him the only way that he can contact me is for emergencies and regarding visitation through email. Everything has to be a paper trail right now. And um, that's how our whatever you want to call this parenting co-parenting is right now and it's so crazy to, to feel like you've known someone for the last you know 14 years and you don't know them like never in those 14 years has he ever like hit me you know when I was like not deserving of it never and uh to have someone that feels like your closest friend that knows everything about you in life and knows your family and you felt like you would trust them with your child, um, it's shitty, it's it's shitty. But at the same time, do I miss him? No, because what he did trumps anything good that he's ever done for me, um, unfortunately. Uh, am I mad? No, I'm not mad. Am I disappointed? Yes. Uh, Does it suck? Hell yeah. Um, And I kind of feel more bad for our daughter because I have to tell her the truth later on on why me and her father aren't, you know, close. Why me and her father uh, did, did not work. Why me and her father just don't talk, can't be in the same room, won't have a birthday with her together. Like, when I tell you I want no type of relationship with this this person, I, I want nothing to do with him. Like, the only way I will have something to do with him is if a judge says, Hey, you have to be in this vicinity with this person at this time. Hey, at 5 o'clock Wednesday, you have to pass off. Your kid to this person. At Friday, this person has to pass off y'all, you know, your kid together to you. And that's basically what it is. Because when I go meet him to drop off Ari, is basically that he's not allowed to speak to me, nothing. I don't even make eye contact with this person. No more. Like I don't even know what this man's face looks like in the past four to five months, and I don't want to. Like. That's what it is right now. And, um... We've basically passed off a physical human being. And we move about in our life. Uh... And it sucks to go from being really close to somebody to not feeling nothing. Just... Just... Nothing. Um... But that's what it is. And... All day for me having him um as inconsistent as he is he's consistent on the days that he's supposed to be there but the fact that she's gonna have a part-time father like that and you know this restraining order that i have in place with him where it has to be like this is for a year uh it's unfortunate but this is what it's gonna be and right now i feel like after this year when this restraining order is not in place I feel like just for preventative reasons, I'm just going to keep it. I'm I'm going to keep, like, maybe we'll switch up the days. Um, But I don't want him ever calling me. I don't want him ever at my house. I don't want him, you know, ever hanging out with me anywhere. As far as the joys with our kid, sharing joys with our kid, I don't want to share any joys with him. I'm good. I don't feel like he's deserving of anything from me in any form of fashion in that way so um, yeah this is what it is and I feel like because Arya knows her father and he was there at the labor um, he was there before I had her he was coming to my house and you know bringing me Reese's and my ice and whatever he could and he was spending time while I was pregnant even though like all the shit was going on and he was depressed and we were just dealing with that and um my four-year-old she's the own. she knows him as like that father figure and now it's like nothing and sometimes she'll question me about him and I have to tell her to stop talking about it or I have to tell her like um you know because of his behavior he can't be around it sucks but at the same time, I have to do what's healthy for my girls. And I don't ever want my girls to see me around any male um, that thinks it's okay to put his hands on a woman. Um, because that's going to be an example for them. And ah, don't bring uh, no male around me that thinks that it's okay. Because, listen, we got to go at it. And um, I just want my girls to be healthy and The one thing that I push in my house is honesty, and I don't hide nothing from them. I know um, some things a child shouldn't know, but sometimes, depending on the situation, a child has to be uh, aware of certain people and certain things. So, you know, I let them know certain things, and I talk to them. And uh, for my one-year-old's dad as inconsistent as it is where he only sees her two days out of the week I feel like she needs that and she's happy when she sees him and um when he pulls up you know she's jumping and she'll run to him and I don't want to take that away from her um one thing he is he's a good father um but that's about it (laughs) everything else about him is shitty um spiteful, full of ego, um, always looking out you know for himself in a selfish way. Uh, so that's the only thing he can do is be a good father to the kid that we share. and that's the only thing I'm concerned about. Um, so on that side, having a parent like that, that's going to work you know for right now. As she gets older and like birthdays and events and things, she would like to have both parents at. Put me on one side of the room and have him on the other side of the room. And that's just how it's gonna be because I don't see us ever like having dinner together. I don't see us ever like uh, being at a birthday together. I don't see us ever um, being able to sit and be in the same room together and be face to face ever. And I don't I don't look to mend that shit because he doesn't deserve it. Um but inconsistent parent over one consistent parent I personally will pick one consistent parent all day because that one consistent parent could make sure that child grows up secure about themselves. Has a great personality, has everything that they need. Is it going to be harder? Yes. But at the same time, I can develop my own relationship with a great man and have my own values that I put into my girls. And maybe someone be, could be like the best father to them that's not their biological father. Like, that's an option right now. And as a woman, as a parent, I have to um, be able to provide that in some way to my girls because they deserve it. So over an inconsistent parent and um, one parent, I'd pick one parent. Either way, are they going to have some emotional, um, mental needs as far as like what they're missing from another parent? Yeah but as long as it's honestly discussed and honestly dealt with and I am so for therapy because I have a great therapist I feel like that can be handled and that's not uh, something that's impossible so people if you're a parent if you're not a parent yet (sighs) there's no real way to fully know a person completely completely Everybody always keeps something hidden. And sometimes those are good things. Sometimes those are very negative things. And sometimes, you know, ego will bring that out. And there's no fully good way to prepare for a child all the way. And there's no fully good way to know if this man or this woman is going to be a great mother until they're, like, in that shit. And no matter if it's good or bad on if they're a good mother or a good father, you're still supposed to be the best parent you're supposed to be for that kid because they deserve it and they didn't ask to be here so i'm picking one parent over an inconsistent parent being in and out of a child's life any day any day because i am the product of having two parents in the household and it being negativity and chaos and i'm a product of having one parent grind and struggle it out And because my mom did everything she was supposed to do and was so caring and so loving, I feel like I've become a great parent for my kids. And I hope people listening become great parents for their kids no matter how your parents were. You are not your parent, but take the great things about your parents and be better. And if your parents were both shitty and did shitty things, be the opposite. Be an example that they should have had. But you never have to feel like, oh, my parents were this, so I'm not gonna be this. No, that's a choice, that's an option, and be careful on what you choose. My name is Sharon. I'm out. Justice.
0: Sick of being upsold at gyms?